Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. So, third part. Third, third part. part. Recyclables, third part, wherein, as we do in most episodes, we try to recycle what we've learned and try to make, if we can, something more of it. Uh, I'm joined yet again by the ever-lovely Dahlia Bellet. That's me. And the equally lovely Rochelle Cote. It's Cody. I'm bad with names. I'm, I'm a, a kitty. I'm, I'm, I'm a cat. I'm a meat popsicle. I've... I've had to avoid that joke a lot. I'm trying to be less dumb. Uh, uh, my friend Barry referred to my partner as a meat puppet. That's um, And then when the vet asked me if Corey was my partner, I was like, well, my friend says he's my meat puppet. So she called him my meat puppet for the whole conversation. It was really, that makes me happy. It was really affirming, No, that honestly. was like, all right, that's how, all right, cool. But that's the future I want, is where we're just like, all right, cool. All right. Like, yeah. are you, nobody's... Is no one getting hurt? Awesome. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's yeah. here. It everyone's here of their own well, volition. Awesome. Like, I think about that all the time, where it's just like these people have this desire to be like, I need to yell at you and tell you that you're wrong. And it's like, whoa. Speaking of those kind of people, stand-up <laughs> comedy. Stand-up oh, comedy. yeah. So <laughs> I wanted... What we do now. I wanted to take our messed up history, coming from white men trying to profit off of black misery to immigrants trying to normalize themselves in society uh, to political dissidents trying to express ideas in a formula that people will appreciate to a bunch of cokeheads <laughs> trying to figure out how to profit off of it yeah. is kind of where we're at now. Um, wait, we've gotten back to um, dudes profiting off the suffering of marginalized people. Yeah, no, it's... it. It never goes away. Yeah. I want to recycle that. I want it because to me, comedy, yeah. How do we? How do we make that go away? Well, I I've got some ideas. Obviously, otherwise, I wouldn't ask you here. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I would. To be, we, is this like Shark Tank? I guess. I, well, I have. I have. A, I don't have anything to offer you. I have. A but thing, I can tell you if I like it. I have a thing I've done that I think other people could emulate and do better than I did. I is have, it a hand job? We'll Close. talk later. Okay, but. <laughs> I have a thing that I think a community could do if they were so motivated, <laughs> which is also hand jobs. We'll have another conversation there because then there's also a thing where a whole group comes together. So like all of this is innuendo, just the innuendo train right down the innuendo tunnel. Right this into the is innuendo. the most oh. sexual we've ever been on this podcast. I'm sorry. No, we'll have we'll have Dahlia back when I recycle the idea of sex workers. It'll be yeah. a ton of fun. You haven't brought up psychedelics yet, and you were just talking about psychedelics and booty holes, and we haven't specifically heard those. Give it Wait time. Wait for it. Give Good. it time. Just so you know, I've been waiting. All you can't night. rush genius. All, <laughs> all night. The, the first idea I want to present is the thing, because I'm a narcissist, the thing I did, uh, Portland Comic Support Group, mm-hmm. which I think is any anybody in any comedy scene can easily establish something. The, the thing I did wrong was I set it up as a straight white dude and tried to run it as fairly as possible, being myself, thinking I'm an arbiter of just, like, thinking I'm a just arbiter. And, like, that wasn't... That's the ultimate white dude thing. Yeah. No, and it was, it was, it was, when I tried to incorporate people... Don't they, take away from white women, please. That's true. That Thank was kind of what I happened. Just, I'm a little I, frustrated that me, as a white woman in this room... <laughs> And not being spoken to with the respect that I deserve. 
fine. Which is, which is incidentally, oh. when I realized, like, oh, I can't be the only moderator. It's got to be more people. It kind of ended up being taken over by white feminism, and I stepped away because I was like, cool, you guys are weaponizing this, and you're like, I wanted a place because I know, I know way more than other people. You can't be miserable on Facebook and funny on Facebook and expect people to... Know which is which. Which is which, yeah. And to me, it's very important to have an outlet for any community to be able to talk to the group. And I've always seen stand-up as like a job, a career. I've edited edited it out in the past, but like getting... I told Michelle when I started stand-up, most of my like idea of how it started was based on Coyote Ugly. The setup is such that the young woman does the open mic and somebody discovers her at the open mic and she gets shows. I assumed going into comedy for like the first six months, seven months that that was the way it would work. So like I never approached that's anybody. So sad. I, I, that's me. We, we know me. That's, of course that's what I did. I'm but, so glad I started in a small enough community that it would have been impossible for me to know the people who booked the shows. Like not know them. Like we all went Well, to I just figured I, month. I've always thought like, oh, they should approach you because I've always approached people to be booked. Like, like if I want them, if I'm booking a show, I approach them. I've never thought, when people approach me, I get sus because I'm like, why, why do you think you're, like, why do you think I would want you? <laughs> so far, can I just say, I end up booking my shows with, like, my friends because my friends are hilarious. And because none of the people who are, like, not in my direct circle um, send me submissions, like, no one ever asks you to get booked on my shows, which is silly yeah. because I always pay my talent no matter what. You know what's even worse? When you've done a show with someone and you've asked them about their show and if they would be interested in booking you. And they're like, yeah, I've never really seen you. Yeah. And then you just want to die. Like, you just want to die in that moment. Which is kind of why I think my second idea. I think I think the first idea that this uh, support network. I think mean, a support network is always a good idea. In, in no matter how flawed the Portland Comics group page is, there has been some support that has occurred exactly. from that. What I will say is that, like any commercial social media, there is a lot of toxicity that's behind it, and so. Unfortunately, it probably feeds into the fights that happen even on our page because it's like we talk about this as like a main timeline issue. It's like, no, they're probably doing this on every part of the platform, like really encouraging engagement, regardless of how toxic it may or may not be. Um, So, like, it would be nice if we could have a neutral social media for comedians to interact, not only with each other, but also with the people that they want to work with and also want them to come to their shows. And Sorry, that was a lot. No, you're fine. And and my <laughs> my my goal with all of these is is I know I pardon me, I can't speak for things I'm not. I'm, I'm I hope I'm aware and conscientious of that and proceed in such a fashion. So the biggest thing I see as threatening to people is is predation. Is people yes. preying on other people, be it sexually, financially, emotionally. Because, like, we, I won't name names for, because this is a small enough thing, but that I heard a dude at an open mic be like, it's it's weird that, like, I've dated these three women, and then, like, they all three quit comedy. Like, I guess, I guess they just didn't like comedy mm. after we did. That was my reaction, and I'm... Yep. That was my reaction as yep. well. But my, my point is that, like... I've only dated two comics, and those both ended horribly. So... so you should try it. 
support group is only going to be as good as the people that are involved in it. Yeah. Kind of my point, and and not everyone is going to be as. Our as... field attracts sociopaths. It does. Let's just be yeah. Honest. The con artist element I was talking about yeah. earlier, Which like I. That's why I brought it up because it, it's very much in the roots. That hey, I'll go see you. We. It's why I gamble. It's like fuck it. I know I'll lose five bucks, but you, like maybe yeah, I'll get a like, flashy show. One, <laughs> one way or another, all comics, including the three of us, we're people who have figured out how to use humor and wit and wordplay to get out of bad situations. Yeah. yeah. We we've all. I mean, we we should definitely explain them here. Like I, I know part of the reason I can walk is specifically because I'm a nominally straight white dude. So I'm the least. I'm the class uh, cross class alignment to least get fucked with, right? If yeah. I was if I was a different sexuality and open about it, then like somebody would beat me up. If I was black, I'm sure the state would have come at me by now. Mm-hmm. If I was a woman, it's high likelihood I would have been assaulted by now, which means I wouldn't be able to walk. You'd yeah. have more than one kid. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah I'm a lover. I mean, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm a, I'm a lover and I'm a... Well, actually, no. As orally fixated as I am, I probably have no kids. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. Wait, you were... Anyway. <laughs> but, but also, I'm aware I can walk because I've been able to make fun of the bullies faster than they want to hit me. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, how, what do you feel like humor accomplished in your life as a survival mechanism? Um, for me, it's literally just how I stop myself from killing myself. I just, like, would look at my life from a distance and think about how funny it would be. So then just put a humor spin. You know, like, obviously falling down a super long flight of stairs isn't funny. That's horrible. It's painful. It sucks. But... If you're watching a movie and someone fell down a really and the long right sound staircase, were yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like boop, 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 yeah. If it had Looney Tunes sound, now it's it would hilarious. Make you laugh exactly. And yeah, so that's just how I looked at my own life, and no, I, makes... I call it defiant positivity. So I'm like, every time something went horribly wrong, I'm like, like why is this funny? So. No, I'd, I'd, I'd never thought of it in that context, and I love that phrase. That's yeah. a really good phrase. So, I'm the youngest of seven children, and I think that humor was my way to get noticed. It was my way to have affection and attention with my family. Uh, so, that was the beginning of it. And then when I got to school, it was definitely of like, well, I'll make fun of it first so you don't get the chance to. Um, and then, and then it, I mean, it, devel- like, it, it develops an even stronger defense mechanism because like, if you're really threatened, you'll use it to hurt people. I don't really like doing that. Unless someone really fucked with my day. Um, so, like, it became a bit of a weapon. But then, like, I realized that after I've had some pretty sad things happen in my life. Sob story, sob story, sob story. But uh, it's so sad. you realize that if you can laugh about it, it's at least a little more bearable. And then on top of that, if you can get other people to laugh about it, they can hopefully laugh about the other things that are difficult in their yeah. lives. And that's what really drew me to comedy is, like, I genuinely like helping people, but I also am way too sensitive. So, like, I can't be in those direct service fields because, like, I can't leave that at work. And so with comedy, at least it's like, I can tell these funny things and then I can go be myself somewhere else and we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, and I keep saying this and, like, 
my interviews because I'm famous. Um, She's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Her apartment smells of rich mahogany. This is true. But, um... <laughs> there are many leather-bound books. <laughs> that is a... Anchorman reference for okay. Pearl. In case yeah. Pearl wanted to know, there's an Anchorman reference. In case the 12 year old girl cares about a movie who's as old as her. Listen, it's problematic, <laughs> but there are some funny parts. Uh, but yeah, my approach to comedy, I think what I do consciously now, I do want to take silly aspects of being me in the world. And, like, celebrate it and, like, play it up to its utmost extreme, but make it something to be proud of, even if it's really messy. So, theoretically, the audience is having that same experience and being like, yeah, I'm, I fuck up that way all the time, too, but if you're proud of it, then I can... Yeah, oh. Piss or, off or myself I, for fun, too. Or, yeah, or I fuck up completely differently, but thank God you're talking about that, because I don't yeah, feel so weird about exactly. that. exactly. My like, thing isn't so weird yeah, now. Yeah. It's, it's, I think I already said, it's, to me, it's it's about fighting the darkness to make the darkness more bearable, so you can actually fight it. Like, I'm, I've always said it was like, I'm always considered myself a glass half-broken optimist. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I like it. Like, it's, if you deal with the fact that the glass is fucked up, you can have a full glass. Like, yeah. you can totally do that, but you have to admit, it's cutty. You're gonna bust your lips if you do it wrong. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Why are you say that now? I can't run So, was the water already in the glass when it got broken, or was yeah, the glass broken and then you rinsed it? It got Gallaghered in the scenario, which is, which is my ultimate, ultimate problem, that just all things in life are smashable at <laughs> Because you see, like, here's what my thinking. If there's already water in the glass and you break half of it, unless you, like, saw it off. Uh, so if you just shatter it, then there's going to be shards of glass in that water and you're going to die slowly and painfully. But if you, like, had an empty glass and then you rinse the glass out and then, like, use a lot of paper towel and wipe the sh- little microscopic shards away. I'm just saying be careful of the broken glass. And then pour water (laughs) in to the broken glass so you can work around the stabby bit. Yeah, you just like, you just set up a very unsettling scenario. I know. That's that's, I mean, that's another aspect of comedy is sometimes to make people sit with the uncomfortable, which I think is... Let's be honest, Gallagher is the realist of comics. I don't know if I've mentioned this. I'm neurodivergent, so like... (laughs) I'm like, how do we make the broken glass safe? How do we make it okay? It's safe. There is no... It's good. The, the glass is safe. I'm and scared. I, 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 will, I, will, I will tell a Gallagher story and then go to my main point. I, I met him when he was in town, and he asked me if I was a comic, and I was like, I don't want to talk to him. So I said no, but one of my friends, like Josh Lay, the student who did comedy for a while, was next to me. He's like, why wouldn't you tell him you are? Why don't you believe in yourself? And like, it started a whole conversation. I was like, because I... I didn't want to talk to Gallagher, and now we're talking to Gallagher. Great. Like, this is... Right. <laughs> I thought I had the smoke bomb, and you fucked it up. What if Gallagher and Carrot Top went on tour together? Is Gallagher a livestock? I hope not. And also, Carrot Top looks so scary. Right? I'm sorry. I, I know be- I should love everybody and accept who they are as a person and respect their journey. But <laughs> Carrot Top... Oh, you went on a very specific journey, my friend. Oh, it was very. You volunteered for that journey. journey. Yeah. 
Uh, I would like to take his journey into uh, an idea. I do want to see Carrot Top, though, at least once. I would love to see what if his audience is genuinely enjoying what's happening. Or if it's just an audience is there. Yeah, it's just an audience who's like, well, we saw Carrot Top. (laughs) It was an experience. It's like a donkey show. You're just like... Yeah, is he the donkey show of comedy? (laughs) I mean, we're... Visually, yes. We've, you brought up donkey. I did. I did. Okay. I, I derailed us worse than I meant to. I'm sorry, I, I to rail us back to better. I crazy. love it. Back to I reality. Oh, love, there goes gravity. So I think a much bigger problem, a, a much bigger reason for the predation, the the shitty behavior of the the booking of rapists, the booking uh, taking advantage of younger comics for their their labor and time is the, the involvement of men and clubs. Also, specifically clubs. Patriarchal systems yes. that have been in place for a really long time, and there's very little protections built into the comedy community to address it. And since clubs are motivated only by what's going to put butts in seats and sell drinks, they don't have a moral compass or need to do the right thing. There is no imperative or obligation when your only issue is the bottom line. So do you think that if there weren't comedy clubs, shitbags wouldn't be the majority of comics anymore? I don't know that specifically, but I do think if, let's say, uh, is Brody non-existent now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. That's Kickstand. Okay, let's say... Well, let's Kickstand's say... not even there anymore. Oh, really? I think they are, they're down in Southeast now. Why? I I was going to say, let's, 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 for a mental exercise, say we started a comedy union. Yeah. Okay. Brody shuts down, and we all agree to pay for the lease as a community, mm-hmm. and we create a set of standards and practices. You can't be drunk at shows. Don't care. You can you can drink at shows, but the moment you're like, hey, we're like, all right, cool. You you've cut off the professional line, and we set these standards and rules ourselves, and we figure out how to police ourselves in a similar fashion, at least just on a one club community union level. And I think like that could be a thing if we want it. Like, I, I don't know the steps we would have to take. It's a utopian exercise. It's a... Because a, this is a thing any employment or field could do. If you're in a call center, you can start a support group for your fellow call center people. And if you're in a call center, there's no reason you can't go around and be like, hey, let, let's talk about the fact that we don't like these hours and sitting and blah, 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 blah. But with comedy, we could, at least as an option I would like to float, say, what if we did that? Uh, I was blackout drunk for my first two years of comedy. Uh, fortunately, I just didn't drive, so they would just like throw me in the back of Kyle Adams' car, and yeah, then that checks out. I would regain consciousness um, when someone called my name at wherever we were oh next, gosh. and then I would go up on stage, and then I would do my set, and then I would pass back out in a booth. And then when the owner of the establishment would tell me I couldn't sleep in the booth, I would stumble outside and they would throw me back in the back of Kyle Adams' car. And then eventually we would end up at Taco Bell at 3 in the morning. And then we would eat. uh, So what you're saying is this night ended pretty beautifully. Whatever the Cravings box was in the parking lot of said Taco Bell, and then I would go home and go to work the next day. What I'm saying is, like, I don't know if we can realistically, morally police... Ourselves. Ourselves. Well, and... We're humans. Here's what I would say to um, 
there's a diff- there's differences between being inebriated. If when you are in your inebriated state, you're making people feel unsafe, and you're not do like these was this was Mike's. Was this shows too, or was this Mike's? Um, Mike's. Yeah. So if this was a show, that probably wouldn't be something you would do, oh, right? No. Exactly. So like, I think there'd be different rules for different settings because yeah. like. For a lot of people, like, I know when I first started doing karaoke, I could not do it sober because it scared me so much. And I definitely would have a drink before I would go up on stage when I did stand-up. So I think, I think, yeah, it, it has to be less about, like, moralizing and paternalistic. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's why I wanted but to But more like, it. yeah, yeah, no, sorry, but that was, like, that. I think that's a good place to start to, like, really dig in about how... This isn't, it's not going to be easy to change this type of system. But I think if we, I think if it matters to us, we should do something. Because doing nothing lets it continue as it is. I don't think we're the three of us are going to fucking rise up and start a club. I don't think. Yeah, so, so far, like, in the rooms I operate in, because, like, I'm an alt comic by default. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Same. Yeah, it's cute. Um, but. Great system, five stars, no notes. Yeah, since. I also feel a bit of an alt comic, but I don't think I really earned that. I just people <laughs> don't like me. No, you do. You do it. You so do it. since I have to run these sort of diff- alternative rooms or whatever, Carlos and I we do make sure that all of our talent gets paid. Or Coco and I also over at local lounge we make sure that all the talent walks away well paid. And from the time I started booking shows, I have always had the policy of if you're not willing to pay your talent out of your own bank account, yeah, don't run a show. Don't run a show. Yeah, my shows, is- my shows have always been paid. If the if the venue pays me, then I'm not keeping more than my percentage out of the whole. Group exactly. Because like it's, I mean, I didn't realize I had. Anarchist, communistic, socialistic values until I found out. Though anyway, my point yeah, is yeah, you like, don't realize that those are actually all pretty <coughs> rad things. Yeah, until you realize like, oh, the things that they couched as Christianity in the American way are actually things that you would do it for socialistic reasons to benefit the, the whole the, community. The eye-opening moment for me was was hosting Furkin for somebody. Somebody had hosted it before and they gave it to me, and they were like, people didn't want to do it because they didn't get paid. But I was getting like a fifty dollar check yeah, every so that week, makes sense. and I was like, "That's stupid." There's five of you, or there's four of you, because I want ten bucks. Yeah, sweet. At the very least, like we all get ten bucks plus you yeah. get some drinks. Yeah. Like there's something. So it's never. So I, I also understand that we can't necessarily trust a group of emotionally stunted alcoholics who are just looking for a way to therapize, the yeah, yeah th- to run things. But I think if we want to include more people such as ourselves, you know, <laughs> cripples, women's, <laughs> I'm going to say something, don't beauty, so queens, I won't. beauty yeah. queens, thank you for keeping my foot out of my mouth. Whatever I can do for you, love. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this was. It was like me hugging us. Um, that brings me to my kind of last real point, which is if we, we can't trust ourselves, uh, an issue. Who can we trust? Ish. If there's not something to the ancient nature of stand-up and the foundation of the, not necessarily minstrel show, but the variety act. And the fact that the reason they twiddled us down from huge musical numbers that included comedians and whatnot is because it saved them money. And 
other industries are in similar boats. Musicians have to deal with similar shit to us all the time. I guarantee you it is just as fucking gross and toxic for... I made a lot more money as a musician. Oh, fair enough. But was it any safer? Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was exactly. so dangerous. Yeah, look into, look into Warp Tour Yeah, a it's a hot-ass mess, yeah. I, I used to work at strip clubs, and they are exploited in a very similar fashion. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, they have to pay a stage fee, and we don't. But the entire time I'm there, I'm listening to the the way some girls put thoughts into their sets and are like, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, execute A, yeah. and then and this way. And some girls are like, I'm going to be drunk and twirl. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to love the honesty. Yeah. And it's no yeah. different than, all right, I'm going to do a couple of jabs with it, like, in my head, a couple of jabs of this joke. I'll land a haymaker here. I'll knee him in the nuts with this joke, and then I'll punchline zinger done with the set versus... I'm gonna get. I I have ideas. I'm gonna do crowd work. Yeah, they, at this super dead mic. The the issue the issue a a group of our contemporary strippers has had with trying to unionize is that they always get undercut by bartenders, because in New York in particular they almost had a stripper union, and what would happen is um, imagine a circle inside of an O, in that uh, the donut uh, hole. Yeah. So on that dot that's inside of the O, that's where the dancers are. Mm-hmm. And the circle that's around it is the bar. And customers have to throw money past the bar to get to the dancer. So the clubs in order, when strippers started unionizing, and it's anecdotal, but it's like uh, in New York, what the owners of the club say is this old rule that the money that was on the floor is the strippers no longer applies. And so the bartenders are like, sweet, we will do whatever we can to get the money to land on the floor in addition to our tips. And so the the as is a classic case of the you know the rich pitting the poor against each other so my thought is just find as broad a net as possible the musicians the strippers the the magicians the improv people hey, i would be honored to be in the same boat as magicians just saying for me it's the strippers i yeah. love hanging out with sex workers amen They're i the admire best. them i'm just so intimidated cuz i'm like that's I, valid I don't too even know. That's because they're better than you. You're right. I mean, (laughs) you're right. Unflinchingly, you are right. Yeah, but fortunately, like, I have really low self esteem to begin with, so I'm okay with that. (laughs) Cool. You're so much cooler than me. Like, whenever I do burlesque shows, I'm just in awe. As you should be. I'm just like, you're so amazing, and all I'm gonna do is talk about my poops. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was the weirdest part of working at this. And all I'm gonna talk about is, like, dropping liquid acid right in my booty hole. Boom! Yes. Alright, my contract's fulfilled. Alright. <laughs> my, my my point is if for our audience for the for our audience to Any? consider that if you're more intersectional and more uh, solidarious solidarious intersectionality and solidarity are big themes on the show. And comedians tend to be self centered and focused because we've been told that we're self-centered and focused. And we're told we're these special, unique flowers because we perpetuate that amongst ourselves. And not necessarily you two, not necessarily... No, I know this is about me. The, the one patron that I know for sure is a comedian, not necessarily, like, anything. I just want to present the idea that, like, if you want to get a thing done, if you really want us to all get paid, you form, like, a guild or a union thing, and we start making safer contracts. You wouldn't have had to be blackout drunk if most of comedy didn't take place in bars. True. 
I wouldn't have walked myself ragged if comedy wasn't based on such a self-serving, self-interest. Did like a lot of. A, I think we can also identify a lot of comics that are successful really just have cars and parents that pay the rent. Facts. Mm-hmm. It really helps. And it's not. And it's not to knock their talent, but they Look were going to. Polly Shore. But it does make it a lot easier to like get a lot of stage time. Yeah. Yeah, because you you can hop along and be someone's ride. I've benefited a lot from being able to drive other people to comedy shows. Yeah, you, you were very privileged in that. Yeah, that was the privilege <laughs> I had was I could give the ride to the headliner. Somebody called her privileged for that, and I love that. that she oh had a yeah. Car. I was like, even I wouldn't call you privileged for a car, and I'm like the person I feel that would be most likely to. That's adorable. We don't have to. I just oh, wanted no, to say no, that. I wanted to drop that. But, but that's kind of my that's my my oral presentation. You guys know I like oral. God damn it! Well, you're and I, mean, out I think it's it's really good to look at this specifically as you need to take capitalism out of it as much as possible. At least from like it like by making it more accessible for people to participate in the community and more possible for people to see the shows and making sure that. Cutting, like, trimming off the top or skimming off the top just gets done away with. Like, the less people are holding that money at the top who have the opportunities, the more likely you're going to have a more vibrant and interesting comedy community. Another thing is if we have, like, our own communities, we can we can address predators. We can be like, hey, this person fucked up and have a system to deal with that instead of a weird forced ambiguity, which is my... I don't, I don't know. I don't... Bad people thrive in gray spaces. It's just it's just the yeah. nature of humanity. If there's no, I'm I'm not I'm not so much as like I can't remember which dead bird European it is, but one of them is like people need laws. I'm not that affirming, but like we need a system. I don't know. I don't know. There needs to be basic understandings of how to afford people afford people respect and make them feel safe. I love you all. Do you have a website or your shows? Tell tell us your shows if you would. Oh, yeah. So, I have third Wednesday of the month, I host The Bottom Line at Local Lounge on MLK with Coco Jim Holiday, and on the last Thursday of the month, I host The Aftermath at Alberta Street Pub with Carlos Kareem Wyndham. Yay. Another another favorite human who I hope someday do, to maybe do an episode with, if they'd ever be interested. Absolutely. And feel free, of course, to follow me on Instagram or anywhere else on social media at Mix Dahlia Bell. That's me. Yay. That's right. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> at Mix Dahlia Bell for our guest, Dahlia Bell. <laughs> and for a good time, call 1-900-DAHLIA-BELL. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah, we'll uh, This has been Recyclables. Thank you, guys. Uh, Bye, everyone. We love you very much. Next time we'll we'll talk about puppies. Or, no, we won't. We won't. No, it's <laughs> never going to be good. Thank you for picking up Recyclables today. Donations to the Acast streaming service are, of course, always welcomed. But the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.